I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. This is a weekend video for the week ending April 24, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So here's what we're going to do in this weekend edition. We're going to look around the horn. We're going to deviate a little bit. We're going to look at some ETFs. We're going to look at some stocks. We're going to look at the S&P. We're going to look at all the other markets we always look at, but we're also going to look away to make sure that we either confirm what we're seeing or we see more divergences. We don't know which one it's going to be, but we're going to look around the horn, make sure we understand that what we see is what we get. What's the first thing that jumps off the SPY chart, the daily chart, when the page pops up? Couple of things. Don't pay attention to the lines squeezed together. The 282.50, which is the top line, we're going to get to that later when we go to the intraday charts. But the couple of things that pop off the page at me is we're above 281. I can't tell you how important that is. I can tell you it's extra or uber important. That's also going to come into play from an intraday perspective More on that later. The second thing that jumps off the page at me is a comfortable close above the 50-period moving average. Now, the last several sessions, we've discussed the fact that the 50-period moving average has basically contained the market. The market's been riding the 50-period moving average, and the 50-period moving average has been sloping down, so the market's been consolidating in a downward fashion But it hasn't been rejected. That's the most important thing that we can realize on this chart. Minus the one day from the 21st of April, everything else has basically been hovering very close to or near enough to the highs. Not the ultimate highs, but the near-term highs, the recent highs. Speaking of the 21st, and this is the candle we're discussing, the 21st creates another higher low we've also been discussing that so we can draw that out for a minute so we have the low that low was put in on the 23rd of march from that low the market went up and it pulled back and it put in a higher low that's a bullish sign it was also part and parcel to the original abc pattern that we were discussing and that would be complete once we got above or the market got above the high of the a leg that happened The market went higher, brings us to where we are today. The 23rd puts in another higher low. So now we have the low again, a higher low, and a higher low. We're above the 50-period moving average. We've discussed this pattern that has been developing. It's a move up. It's a pullback. It's a move up. It's a pullback. What comes next is generally a move up if this is not going to fail. If it's going to continue, we're going to see another move up, whether they get past 290, 288.50 into these moving averages. That certainly remains an open case. However, let's discuss a little bit about what happens if. So there's a couple of scenarios or there's a couple of ifs on my mind. Truth be told, there's a whole lot more than a couple of scenarios or ifs in my mind, let alone on my mind. Those of you that know, 
My mind is a very, very dangerous place to be. Just to get a visual on the table, picture an amusement park on the 4th of July. That's what my mind looks like at all times. Now, where were we? We were talking about the what-ifs. Let's go over two of them. What if the market continues trading higher early next week, early into Monday, for example? We're not far away from the highs. So let's start discussing 287.30. That's a high. It's over 40 S&P points or 40 S&P handles away. But as we know, the way the market moves these days, they can do that while you're taking a leak. But here's the deal. Let's say they get up to that high, 287.30, during the trading day on Monday. What do you expect to happen? Well, if they run right up there, you can expect it to be, under normal garden variety conditions, overhead resistance. Now, if they do the thing where they come kind of close, then they pull back and they run sideways, eating time off the clock half the day, then... The 287.30 wouldn't be the same type of resistance as if they ran right up there early in the morning. So even the same number has a different level of importance depending on how the market arrived at said number. You ought to jot that one down. That's important. Here's something that takes place, and we've talked about this many times before. It happens above. It also happens below. What happens if... We wake up Monday morning or Sunday night, the futures gap over that price. Pretty simple equation from there. That price becomes immediate support and the market takes off like a bat out of hell. If it does that, takes off like a bat out of hell, is the 288.50 that we had up on the board before, is that still the same level of importance as before? No, it's not. They probably run through it like a hot knife through butter. All at once in the same five-minute candle? No, not so much. I'm just saying that if they're gapping over the recent highs, I'm looking for higher numbers. What am I looking for? I'm looking for 298, 299, three bills. Just in case somebody asks, what's three bills? 300. All at once? No, not all at once. They never make it that easy. But gapping over that high... I think, would cause what? A short squeeze. What is that? Pie in the face. Panic buying, FOMO buying, momentum buying, you know, the whole nine yards. What about a failure? Why isn't he talking about a gap down Sunday night? I thought he was the umpire calling balls and strikes. This is bullshit. That's what the bears are saying, the folks holding shorts, hitting the dislike button. Well... That certainly can happen. Let's discuss the downside. The low of the 21st, closing below that low, first hourly and then daily below that low, opens a trap door. It probably opens a trap door ultimately, and it takes days probably to get there, but it opens a trap door down to what? 250. What's at 250? It's the gap down here. Are they going to stop at a few places on the way? Of course they will. Is there a number before that low is eclipsed where we know things are going awry? Things are going bad for the bulls. Absolutely there is. Inside the numbers, members will have that number front and center in real time if that's taking place. Net-net, we've been discussing 281. The market's above 281. It remains bullish above 281. That doesn't only hold true from a daily perspective. It holds true 
intraday, we've seen the market get a spark or shorts run for cover above 281. Now, maybe it's a little dramatic to say shorts ran for cover on Friday. They didn't necessarily do that, but the market picked up steam and there were some buyers that showed up above 281. So let's drill down to an intraday perspective and first throw a short hop in the mix and take a look at inside the numbers because here's the deal. It was a rather quiet Friday. Stocks on the move, nothing hit its target. One of them came close, but nothing hit their target. The market was floating around. But guess what? There was a trade on the board. Let's go over some stuff. Let's scroll down and focus right where it says, let's talk S&P numbers. This is on the board, 7.30 a.m., 7.15, 7.45. It just depends on the day. As the morning stretches on, I put more notes on there until the opening bell, and then we get the after the open commentary. We're going to keep it simple. We've got the big fat round number of 2800. That's the futures contract. It's always a psychological thing. Those fat round numbers end up being support and resistance, not because they're important numbers, but because they're psychologically important numbers. So we're looking up north and we want to identify the next stuff. 2808, and then we have SPY 281 that we're all familiar with. Now, This is going on the board before the market even opens. If they can get up and over 281 again, the next hurdle is the hourly chart breakdown candle of 283.12. Here's a 15-minute chart. Everything to the right of the vertical line is Friday's activity. We have a line at 283.12, which is the top horizontal line. That number was discussed before the market opened, long before it opened. You're pre-prepared all day long. That's the concept. See, not only are you pre-prepared inside the numbers, but you're also getting educated along the way. Let's scroll up, see what else we got. Obviously, the same rules apply. You can start and stop the video whenever you like. During the trading day, we're looking at both sides of the tape. If the market's going to fall, we have to know what's going to happen, what causes them to fall, where the fall is going to lead them, what would be the target. You see in the early thoughts, if they conduct an early shakeout operation, there's an interesting spot where buyers would show up under normal garden variety market conditions. ES 2789, give or take, SPY 279.25. Same chart. Market opened. Shakeout operation ensues right away. Where did they go? A little bit lower, not too much lower. And guess what? They took off from there. Ultimately, in and around that area was the low of the day. On the board, before the market opened. All right, let's scroll around, see what else we got. Traders pick up the market long down in that area, so we obviously need to know, where do you take an exit? If you're a scalp trader, where do you exit the whole thing? If you're holding long, where do you exit a portion? There's different types of traders. There are different types of trades. 280 is an obvious spot. It's going to be under normal garden variety market conditions, overhead resistance. Why? It's a big fat round number. It's a psychologically important spot. Let's keep moving along. You saw from the chart, it took them a while to get going. You can see the 10-11 post, pretty good battle going on around the spot cited in the early thoughts, 27.89. You see that 10-08 post down there, too bad about Akamai, A-K-A-M, came within 50 cents and took off. That number was on the board from Stocks on the Move. We can go down and take a look. You see here, 
Stocks on the Move, AKAM, entry number 199.33. Here's the stock. It was getting a haircut. It closed the previous day at 102.21, getting a little bit of a haircut, identified a number in the pre-market, and here's the low, 99.74, came within 50 cents, and look what happened. You went on the rocket ride right away, then it ate time off the clock, and then it went higher into the end of the day jam session. We can't get them all, but I just wanted to show you the power of the numbers. Stocks are heading to a destination. Sometimes they come up short. They don't hit the destination, turn around and go back the other way. It's a missed trade. Let's move it along. Finally, they got moving. So 1020, you see, took some time, yada, yada, yada. So they went up from where they were supposed to, moving right along. Now, here's where it gets interesting. So you're going to learn something just being an Inside the Number member. Look at the 1040 post. From a visual perspective, take a look at the hourly chart. We still have the breakdown candle from yesterday, and that's going to come into play later on. They're still making a bearish, flaggish pattern. 281 is around the highs made yesterday after the breakdown candle. We don't know whether or not they're going to climb up the breakdown candle or find too much resistance again at 281. Therefore, traders need to take more profit in that zone preferably short of it to be safe, right? You want to front run the target. 281 would be overhead resistance under normal garden variety market conditions. So that's a 1040 post. Let's move it along. Now, 11 o'clock, hour and a half into the day, no change. The hourly chart says lower, and it did say lower. They were putting in an hourly chart bearish flaggish pattern. However, what we also know is if they're going to work their way up to 281, it's going to be resistance. But if they can get over it, it's not going to go down. They're going to go up. They're going to climb the breakdown candle. Let's move it along. Same routine, 12.30. Bulls need to get price over 281 to light a match. So we're aware that if they get to 281, we're watching. Because if they start to push over 281, guess what? They're going to go. Moving along. 155, there's our 281 again. Now here's the reminder, closing hourly above will bring some buyers to the table. Now here's the other thing, they don't have to close hourly above for the buyers to show up just saying. That means that you could see the buying pick up above 281, 205. If they can get above and stay above, which they were in the process of doing, what's the next spot? Where do you exit? What is the next area of resistance? Same as yesterday, play it again, Sam. ES2823, SPY28250, give or take. Maybe even up to 283. Remember that from early this morning? Why didn't I say that ahead of time? Why did I give an interim price? Because I want traders to exit with profit. Look, here's a five-minute chart. Look what happened at the 28250. You got resistance. Now, let's go over mindset for a second. You're in a trade. You're thinking to take profit right around 282.50. You didn't do it. You got greedy. You're waiting for the whole Monty. And then what happens? All of a sudden, it starts to pull back a little bit, and you find yourself in this candle right here on the way down. What do you start doing? You start saying, oh, shit, I made a mistake. I don't have to tell you the rest. You end up chasing price the wrong way. And what do you do? You give up some gains. Why did that happen? Because you didn't treat it as a business and take profit right around the next area of overhead resistance. You don't know that they're going to keep going all the way to 283 or above. 
you don't know that 282.50 or thereabouts isn't going to be the last stop for the day. You don't know that until after the fact. That's why you have to take profit along the way, moving along. Now, I concluded the day around 20 till 3. You see 282.48. They hadn't quite got to 282.50. Close enough. We're done for the day. The entry was suggested before the opening bell. They didn't make it easy, but they did the thing they were supposed to do. Now we're back on the hourly chart. Let's put a bow on this lesson. You see the red line, 281. You see the breakdown candle right here. So as they get to 281, we know that a couple of things are happening. They're really making a bear flag pattern. That's really what's going on. It's a little sloppy, but that's still what it is. So if they're not going to break down, then the other option is either continue to eat time off the clock and run sideways or go in the other direction up. So if they're going to go up, what are they going to try and do? If they get above 281, which we know is resistance, if they get above there, they're going to run to what? The next major area, which is what? The top of the breakdown candle, thereabouts. They do this over and over and over again. Check this out. What's the top again? 283.12. Where did they close the day? 283.03. They got as high as 283.70. Sound familiar? No, it shouldn't. It was 287.30. Funny how that works. Any accidents or coincidences? What was that from? That was from earlier in the video. Up here, the high that we're talking about, 287.30. The high on Friday, 283.70. Come on. Tell me that's not a smoke signal that they're going up through the highs. Obviously, I just made that up, but it sounds really, really good. Good enough to put in the video. We've looked at the 120-minute chart for the last few times. What do you see here? You see a market that just got above all the moving averages. They're basically converged together underneath price. We got above, obviously, the important 281. This is essentially a long eating time off the clock. If you want to just look at this chart and you only looked at this chart, I'm not saying this is a bull flag pattern. It doesn't really look like one. I'm just saying that they've been eating a lot of time off the clock, got above the moving averages. Is it bullish or bearish? It's bullish. And if it's going to be a duck and the duck walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck, you know the whole conversation. Sometimes you just have to take the market at face value. Here's the 240-minute chart. More face value. Above the 100 period moving average, above the 20, we just got above. Is it going to fail? It can fail. We just got above. So in theory, the duck would say they're starting a move right now. It's just what the chart is telling me. If I'm misreading the chart, we'll find out soon enough. What's going on down in Camp IWM? Same routine. They're doing the same thing they were doing, only they had a nice big... $2 or 1.72% up day. And guess what? Leading to the upside. Not by a whole lot, but the S&P 500 was up 1.4%. So this was leading to the upside. It's my favorite market leading indicator. And guess what? You have the same bullish, flaggish pattern going. You have a down sloping 50 period moving average under normal garden variety market conditions. If it got up that high, would provide overhead resistance not before the 125.88 which is a gap but we talked about this is the 125.88 as important as it was if we were to hit it back here which we didn't they had a near miss 
pulled back? No, it's really not going to provide that much resistance under, once again, normal garden variety conditions. They came too close for it to be the same level of importance. What's doing down at the transportation department? Same thing. They're starting to rise. 1.7% up today against the spider that was up 1.4. Again, my two favorite market leading indicators leading to the upside. What do we have here? We have a 20-period moving average that held. Price is now trading away from it. And what do you have? You have the same routine. This is starting a move. That's the look on the chart. If I'm wrong and they come back into this channel down to the bottom end, fair enough, I'll be wrong. Silicon Valley, triple Qs, what's going on there? Same routine. Is this bearish or bullish? Above all the moving averages, is it bearish? No, it's not. Here's a tech stock. Intel was getting whacked at the open. Closed at 59 Thursday night, opened at 56 and change Friday morning. For Intel, that's a whack. Guess what? They bought them up right out of the chute, closed them flat on the day. Is that bullish or bearish? Smash Mouth, bullish or bearish? Look at it this way. Made an attempt to get over the 100 period moving average a few days ago. Was rejected. Instead of being rejected or after the rejection, climbed back up. So there was a rescue operation. Above these moving averages, now making another attempt at what? The same 100 period moving average. Do you have better odds or worse odds that the same price at the same 100 period moving average is going to be the same level of resistance it was a few days ago or less resistance? And the answer is less resistance. Let's take a look at a few exchange traded funds. Here's the energy spider. Anything that we can draw from here? Is it telling us anything? Nah, pretty much looks like everything else. It's in an uptrend. You got some higher lows. That's bullish, not bearish, as long as it's not one of these just yet, right? We could have, we could have some kind of big time bear wedge pattern going on here, which will produce another move down. That's what the bears want to hear. That's what they want to see. My contention is that that's ultimately going to happen. It's just not going to happen like I just drew it out. It's more apt to happen like this. Now, I'm, I'm not saying 45. I don't know where this is going. But you have a gap up here. You have another gap over here, the, the beginning of the gap. That was challenged. We're coming back to that. If you get into no man's land, they're going to fill the gap. Then you start talking about other types of retracements. Let's be the umpire. Why wouldn't any of that happen on the upside? Why would the XLE just crash through the floor, leave any holders of the exchange-traded fund holding the bag? Why would that happen? Simply because think in terms of the energy sector. The energy sector, most of it anyway, is centered around the price of oil. The price of oil went below zero. How's that possible? It was in another video. Doesn't make any difference. The price of oil now is about 17 bucks a barrel. They can't make any money. Too many companies in and around the energy sector are going to fail. It's just a matter of which ones and when. That would be a pretty good reason why the XLE really isn't going anywhere. However, right now we're in a rising tide lift all boats environment. That's where we are. Common sense and logic works on the charts. It doesn't always work if you're thinking in terms of fundamentals. If you're thinking in terms of fundamentals, logic and common sense works against you. How about the tech spider? 
the exchange-traded fund. Well, that's like looking at the Qs, only not as good as the Qs or not as strong as the Qs, mainly because the Qs are more lopsided with four or five stocks. But looks like everything else, we can move on. What we're looking for when we do this is we're not looking for confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. We don't need that. What we're looking for at this point are divergences. We're looking for stuff that smells like a rat. How about the retail space? Now here's a good kick in the pants. How does this work? Retail looks like one of the strongest ETFs out there. So here we go. Watch this in the retail space. We have this big bull flag pattern developing. And what's going on right here? We're starting to break out of the top, getting close to the 50 period moving average. But think about it. They just went sideways underneath the 50 period moving average for a while. So the 50 period moving average doesn't have the same level of overhead resistance as it would have had had you hit it on here. On this way up here, if they kept going and they hit the 50 period moving average, you get a rejection. But when you consolidate or eat time off the clock, it's a different tape. What's a tape? The market. I'm so old, it's a ticker tape. Do we see anything different in the emerging markets? Not so much. Same routine. Guess what? It's all the same market. All the charts, they don't all look exactly the same, but they all pretty much look the same. Consumer discretionary. One of the stronger looking charts. From the look of this chart, it wouldn't look like the discussion is everybody lost their job, therefore nobody's going to have any money. Again, it's counterintuitive. Don't use logic and common sense when you watch the news. Healthcare makes a lot of sense. Need I say more? Tremendous, tremendous recovery. Let's hope we get a tremendous, tremendous recovery from this pandemic. We even have a bull flag running in the EFA. What is the EFA? Supposed to be developed markets ex-US. Europe, Australia, many, many parts of the Far East, Asia. Doesn't matter. It's all the same market. What about Amazon? Is Amazon telling us anything's going to collapse? Absolutely not. They're obviously selling plenty of stuff. Is Apple collapsing just yet? Not so much. Looks like the S&P, they got to get through these highs. You get through these highs and you go up to these price levels here, these pivot highs over 300. Telling us anything on Facebook? No, it's going north. Will they collapse on Monday? I don't know, but that's not what the chart says. The chart says it's more likely to get into those moving averages than not to get into those moving averages at this point. Trouble at Mickey Soft? Not so much. Above all the moving averages, the daily chart is now in an uptrend after being in a downtrend for what? Two weeks? It's a little redonkulous, but it is what it is. Everybody's watching movies at Netflix, a little far away from home base, but there's nothing wrong with Netflix. It's in an uptrend. About Google, looks very similar to the S&P, only a little bit better. They're almost breaking out of these highs. Now, the longer they stay up here, the more likely it is to break out. They get rejected again, different story. But they're up here again. That's the duck. Take the market at face value. Here's one of the components of Smash Mouth, for instance. Everybody knows NVIDIA. It's in an uptrend. Nothing wrong with this chart. You see a theme here in the exchange-traded funds, the charts we looked at, the stocks. We're just taking the market at face value. The market has bad news fatigue. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? How without you, these videos are not possible? True and accurate information. 
It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss, so I will pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.